0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you, because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com.
1: Eventually, you know, candidates are, are scored based upon the criteria we're looking for. I make recommendations and if those are positive, uh, they move forward. And so the next, we'll have a total of four interviews, schedule dependent, we'll make a decision within the next three weeks.
0: Hi, it's Joseph and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clear close out this guest series, Matt Niblock shares how to identify the best candidates for the long haul and a high pressure job and how hiring managers can create good candidate experience which doesn't always mean making the candidate comfortable, although any good job interview should still be a safe space for truth. And listen up, the 2020 and 2021 clear and open academic year is about to begin with the fall course Money, From Burden to Freedom. Of all the realms of business and personal management, money holds the greatest opportunity for change for a deceptively simple reason, because it's easy. Money is easier than marketing, sales, operations, customer service, and it's far easier than leadership and management. In fact, if you completed the eighth grade, you have all the math skills you need to manage money. You need only the barest critical thinking skills, and you don't even need much time. Finance, quite simply, is one of the most rudimentary aspects of human existence. Well, if this is true, then why are we so bad at it as a culture? Well, people have problems with money for the same reasons they have issues with God, sex, and power. They have distorted beliefs and assumptions that cause them to behave irrationally and immaturely. Everyone begins, in my experience, with a messed up relationship with money. Everyone Money in its most basic form is just a symbol of value and nothing else. It's squeaky clean and far from being the root of any evil, but the wounded ego in us changes it into something else. We project onto money our deepest insecurities and then make a mess of it. I've wanted to do a course on money for a long time and it's finally happening. Money from Burden to Freedom begins September 24th, 2020 at 1115 a.m. Pacific Time. The content of the course is practical, proven methods for managing money, which we will use to find your problematic relationships with it. In other words, I'm going to give you things to do, and when you have trouble, we'll find out what's in the way on a psycho-spiritual level. For more information on this and to register, go to clearandopen.com slash money. Again, clearandopen.com slash money. Okay, thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. we've talked about some common mistakes already. It might be interesting to talk about some of the other ones, definitely selling the job too much, doing the majority of the talking in any case, usually a mistake. We've talked about triggering a fight or flight response that goes too far. If you want to stress them out, that's a style. But if you go into fight or flight, you know, I know we, I just finished uh, Malcolm Gladwell's uh, talking to, talking to strangers that I know you also were reading as just as a coincidence. And the, a chapter about torture was really super interesting about that, that really it's the same principle that the science shows that um, torture is not a reliable means of extracting information so neither is torturing your candidate and it's also going to get you badly reviewed on Glassdoor probably. <laughs> Right, I felt tortured by my hiring manager. <laughs> I mean, it's not a laughing matter, but it's also really funny in another way. I mean, yeah. I remember. I think there's, there's a, you know, like when I was hired at Emet literally 18 years ago, I went through probably a half a dozen interviews, and I remember, uh, and I knew they did the hiring seminar thing. It'd be interesting to hear your uh, opinion of. So there were like 15 people in a room. They did a presentation about the company selling the company first so that they didn't have to later. That was part of the strategy. And I remember looking around the room and there were guys in suits who were 20 years older than I was. And I remember thinking, wow, this was a waste of a 45-minute drive. There's no way I'm getting this job. They said they got 250 resumes for the two positions that they're hiring. And I was distraught. And then they did uh, short interviews. This was the style then. They did five-minute interviews. They'd ask a couple questions and then decide who they wanted to invite back. So I was shocked when I was invited back because uh, I was already sure I'd lost the job. But I vividly remember one of those second or third interviews where basically they pushed me to the edge of my knowing, not in any kind of in- interrogatory, you know, stressful way. They just kept asking questions until I didn't know. I didn't know. And in retrospect, I see why they did that. Because I was a cocky kid. I thought I knew everything. And they wanted to see how I related to the unknown and what the limits of my arrogance was. And so they got me to a place where I was like, I don't know. And in that moment, I felt like I'd completely failed because I thought I needed to have intelligent answers for all of the questions. Right, yeah. And I walked out of there literally almost in tears. Sure, I'd blown it. And three weeks later, I had the job. So what do you think about that? And well, I'll talk about other mistakes people tend to make.
1: Well, it's definitely a strategy. you know if you were I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with that, right? because they are they're they're really dialing in on specific skills, and they might be light on the front end of the screening side yeah. of things. Yeah, this might also date us too, right? This was what year ish this was 2001, 2002. Yeah. So that, in, in a way that sort of made sense at the time. So we, that was one of my first recruiting jobs. Like, so instead of heavy duty screening, we would sort of like go to job fairs and see like tons of people and uh-huh. kind of do it from there. We are saying the, te- the group interview is dated technology. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it it doesn't happen as much. Right. Uh-huh. So they, so they brought everyone in, but they also had a methodology that worked. It's clearly they had a playbook, yeah. right? And I would say if you feel like you're, you are know, you have low attrition, company's doing well, you may want to make some tweaks. But whatever playbook you're using, you know what I mean? It was working for them. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sort of the high-pressure thing, just one more comment on it, uh-huh. right? Most of the time, we're looking for the skill set of endurance or perseverance um, or resilience. Yeah. And unless your interview, and I've had this too, is uh, a three-day walkabout, right? <laughs> vision quest. The vision quest. You're still going to get sprint performance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and see. you really want a level of sustainability. And I do mm. think that will come out. So the other thing, which was related as far as like mistakes, is um, not making conversational, make, you know, interrogation making an interrogation question, yeah. question, questions. One of the first things I learned interviewing: So if you ask a question, someone answers, you acknowledge, converse on it as yeah. much as you think is important. Go back to the question, right? And if you go mechanical. to yes, but at the but it if for a someone just starting off from recruiting, if you're training buddy training somebody on recruiting, a lot of some people don't know that. You know, they have their script and it's just question, 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 mm-hmm. um, like a telemarketer. Yes. And that's what you feel like mm-hmm. uh, as far as the candidate experience. And it sounds sort of warm and fuzzy and sort of new agey, but that's the, that's where we're living now, right? Candidate experience matters mm-hmm. because like I said, we are in an Uber Yelp society. Mm-hmm. It's five stars or go home. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's brutal. You have, you you owe yourself as a company to be appropriately empathetic. Mm. So the other mistakes I would actually just, you know, for any of your listeners, if you go onto the SHRM website, which is good for a lot of things that has sort of classic interview mistakes.
0: That's SHR, some, SHRM.org. Yeah. SHRM.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Society for Human Resources Management. Uh-huh. Um, which has adapted to an extent with the times. They're not they're not a, as big and clunky as you would think, but they do talk about employee experience and they're always talking about candidate experience. They have traditional interview mistakes to yeah. how people get sort of drawn into some biases.
0: Well, there's another thing I want to add here because uh, to, to me, one of the big insights f- uh, for me today is the importance of the candidate experience. And that, Completely fits with the mentality and values of younger generations, um, millennials and this is generation Z is that the one after that right because the there's a you know on the light side a let's say a zest for life and a um, passion for enjoying it, and on the shadow side an entitlement to be having a good time all the time. insert spinal tap reference. <laughs> Right. having a good time all the time, as Viv Savage says in Spinal Tap. Matt and I cannot go more than an hour without making at least one Spinal Tap reference. So I folded in our final minutes here. If you haven't seen it the movie, can't. I'm sorry. It can't happen. <laughs> it can't happen. <laughs> it can't be played. <laughs> it can't be played. So the what you're saying here, I really like because that's meeting the younger generations where they are. They have an expectation of being treated with a level of respect and empathy and... Yeah, you know, having an experience like they're being walked into a fine restaurant, you know, and if they don't get that, they they may not be so happy.
1: <clears throat> well, to an extent, yes, Um, and you want to be authentic about it, but it is it is now just data has shown it is just good business, right? Sure. So the data is out there that says good employee experience translates into good customer experience. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it is you know. The uh, the curtain has been pulled back. The data has been shown. And if you think about that just as a consumer, like when you, when you test it as a consumer, right? So I always talk about the difference between... It's kind of dating me, but difference between Macy's and Nordstrom's, right? <laughs> I, I don't really go to either, right? Mm-hmm. But when you walk in, you can tell who treats their employees better. Mm-hmm. And well, that it- has an attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I'll
0: tell you the concern I have, though, because we have a good sort of dynamic tension here. The concern I have is always if the, employee, if the candidate is treated too well, they may have an entitled expectation that the manager is there to serve them in ways that go beyond what's
1: actually true. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I say candidate, good candidate experience... It doesn't fit sort of directly into the fine dining metaphor. Yeah. Right. It sure. is a great candidate experience actually starts and ends with honesty. Mm. So you talk about the ghosting. Yes. Right. So you can share with your candidate, Hey, we're reviewing what's important to us. You've read the job description, et cetera. Cause they always ask what's the process. Uh-huh. And I share with it. Exactly. Uh-huh. And already we're ahead of 50% of the game. Oh, for sure, yeah. If you have a process kind of like, and
0: can share it, that's yeah. a big
1: deal, yeah. Or the sharing, they'll they'll be, uh you know, we'll we'll call you. Right? Right. We'll be in touch. What I say is there's four like, uh most of the time we do three interviews, but let's say the current job. I say there's four interviews. This is one of them. Uh I uh you know, we ask questions, I make sure you know about the company and the job more but I always ask direct questions as well and eventually you know candidates are are scored based upon the criteria we're looking for I make recommendations and if those are positive uh, they move forward and so the next we'll have a total of four interviews scheduled dependent we'll make a decision within the next 3 weeks
0: nice wow
1: already there's an exhale
0: yeah, I mean, I'm exhaling just hearing that. And of course, a business, <laughs> I'm not you're not even in. I'm like, wow, that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> you're selling them so much. It's so respectful. It shows them that you're taking the process seriously. They know what to expect. Uh, and then whatever difficulty may happen inside that, you're at least' holding a kind of context for how
1: things are gonna go. Well we, and and it also makes your job easier too, as a recruiter if someone doesn't make the process. You've already set this. So again, if they don't, for if, if they don't make it to the next round, I can authenticate and they say, Hey, I want some feedback on, on how I did. And I always say, you actually did very well, mm. right? You know, um, I'm not at liberty to sure you know, share internal scoring methods, but rest assured you did very well. There were two other candidates that end up scoring higher that are more aligned and you've already set the table. They're not going to love it. Yeah. But you're at least being honest with them. Wow. Cool.
0: Honesty, employee experience, candidate experience. Yeah. I like that. I've learned a lot, but we've been talking almost an hour. Or so, uh, any last thoughts that you're itchy to get into the podcast that we haven't
1: touched? No, with? I just want to say thank you. It was uh, a pleasure as always. Um, you brought up some great points as well. Uh, grateful that you had me on, and for our friendship, of course.
0: Yeah, for sure. This was totally fun. Maybe we'll do it again. This is the first time I've had a guest. Uh, usually, my podcast—well, not usually, always—my podcast have been heretofore uh, segments from my webcasts where I'm in the teacher role. But I feel like I got to be in the student
1: role today and learn some things. And uh, are you saying been... that I'm the Bill Murray and you are the Dave Letterman? <laughs> yes. I because think that's what—that's what happened today. Yeah. I've always wanted. To pretend to be Bill Murray, <laughs> so I'm leaving this call on a on a cloud.
0: For me, you're always somewhere between Kevin Spacey and Bill Murray. That's for me. In an old Chevy Chase. Yeah, Chevy Chase. Yeah, if you were a right. I stole so much stuff from him. Yeah, Fletch was. I mean, that was like the movie of our generation. Uh, Cash true. Fletch, I'm impressed. <laughs> so. Um, We'll close it here and then Matt and I will get to debrief and uh, talk about stuff and maybe we'll do this in the future. But uh, I want to thank you, Matt. This is an absolute pleasure and for all your wisdom. And you've got uh, literally 20 times the experience in HR that I do. So it's been a pleasure learning from you. And uh, thank you all thank for you listening. Much. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review, and it will bring you to the right place.